Hey everybody, back for another week. This is Scoop Duck and High Five. My name's Matt Bagley, joined as always by Scoop Duck's Justin Hopkins. He's not just a beat reporter covering the ins and outs of Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting year-round. He's also the man of the house, and you can hear him making dinner. So never accuse Justin of not being a multitasker. Um, You're not the only one with some versatility, my friend. I want to start here. Stanford, Oregon on Saturday. You can write about the Ducks and cook. Bo Nix can throw passes and run 80-yard touchdowns to the house. Were you surprised by his wheels on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, I I think, honestly, I bet you he was a little bit surprised himself. I mean, you know, credit to him. It was a hell of a run. It was, um, you know, obviously very certainly exciting. Um, but, yeah, I if you had, you know, if there was a prop bet out there that said, hey, you know, Bo Nix is going to run at least 75 yards or longer uh, for a touchdown run uh, against Stanford, I'm pretty sure it would have gotten, like, three bets, maybe, at best. So, um I'm surprised at that run overall. I'm not surprised that he, you know, has been running the ball and finding success on the ground uh, against teams. I think that obviously adds that, you know, extra dimension in the Oregon offense. It just makes them even more dangerous um, as if they weren't dangerous enough with all those receivers and tight ends they have at weapons and all the running backs they have in the, in the stable. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess we can't let – Bo Nix run free, otherwise he's going to take one to the house on us. So uh, pretty cool. Like, that was a pretty cool moment. And I think for somebody like Bo Nix, it's kind of, you know, had this career that we'll just say he's been up and down and he's kind of taken his lumps here and there. Uh, you know, that had to be probably up there on his, you know, you know, top, you know, whatever, top things I've ever done on my in my college career. That one had to be up there, I would assume. Oh, I, I think so. Yeah, and and just so everybody knows, like I'm not a homer. In after the Georgia game, I was very much in the why didn't they start Thompson camp? Why didn't Thompson get any reps in that game camp? Like I was definitely um, at the at the forefront of that party, and now I'm just in awe. Two weeks ago. Bo Nix goes up to Wazoo, and I, I think about that throw to Bucky Irving in crunch time late in the fourth quarter when Oregon needed a conversion, and he just, it's its the definition of a prayer, right? Just an incredible angle, the perfect pass. Irving does his job to beat the coverage and make that sliding sweet catch. Um and, and you think, wow, Oregon's got something out of the quarterback position. And then this week, he, he does the job through the air, but then also gets that 80-yard tutty. Like, <clears throat> it's it's unbelievable. Uh, no, it's it's just like like the legend, what I want to say, like the legend of Bo Nix grows, right? He keeps doing all these different things and making all these plays. And, and uh, I mean, obviously, Oregon fans – I don't know. You know, I think I I have a small beef with Oregon fans. I just, I don't think that they're really, I know some are, but I just don't think they're really appreciating and respecting what Bo Nix is doing at quarterback for Oregon. I mean, he is, you know, with a a first year uh, offensive coordinator. Now, granted, they they are familiar with each other. They've played together, but you got a first year uh, offensive coordinator, first year head coach. 
a whole team of guys you've never been with in a conference you've never been in before. And like, he's flat out just getting it done. I mean, right. he's like in every phase, he's, he's commanding the offense really well. There's very few uh, plays where, you know, it looks like it's disjointed. Like, Oh man, he doesn't know the playbook. The guys are out of position. Uh, you know, he's doing a good job of running with tempo when it's time to run with tempo. He's doing a good job of slowing it down. Uh, you know, has he made mistakes? Sure. He's made mistakes. Maybe there's guys he's missed that's open, but compared to what we've seen and honestly, like, I don't want to pick on him because you know, I'm loving watching him in the NFL, but he's playing better than Justin Herbert did at Oregon. Now that's not entirely Justin Herbert's fault. I'm not saying he's better than Justin Herbert. I'm not trying to go Colin Coward hot take here. Right. But if you just kind of look at his body of work in college on the team he's on and just kind of the performance and all those things, I'm not talking about stats. I'm not saying he has more touchdown passes. I'm not looking at, I'm just looking at, he's doing a really good job. And I think Herbert, you know, got a little bit hosed with, you know, obviously some of the play, uh, the skill position players that he had around him. Um, it, it certainly looks like the offensive coordinator at the time, which was Marcus Arroyo for the most part, kind of hung him out to dry a little bit. If you look at what Bo Nix is doing, Bo Nix is playing the quarterback position basically as good as anyone has at Oregon since Marcus Mariota, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and and for the record, I love that you made that Herbert Nix comparison because that was the next thing I wanted to hit on. Like, I remember in Justin Herbert's last season, right, where Oregon has those beautiful chrome sun sunset helmets in the Rose Bowl game, and and Herbert has those touchdowns against Wisconsin, and I think he also scores a touchdown against Utah with his legs. Um, I remember. The mood at the time was that Justin Herbert was not allowed to run the football until the Pac-12 title game and the Rose Bowl. And then Oregon said, let's let Justin Herbert run the football. Let's let one of the most athletic, game-changing quarterbacks in the sport play like it. And and I feel like now Bo Nix is playing... Um, with with a lot more freedom than Justin Herbert ever got. Yeah, I think you're right, and I know everybody can probably hear my Traeger in the background. Sorry, I'm doing I'm doing ribs, and I got through a little bit more. I was gonna ask you. Sauce. I was gonna ask you what the hell are you cooking? Because it sounds like you're a five star chef out there, man. Oh, uh, I I just when we started, I was doing the potatoes upstairs, and I had to come back down and throw a little bit more sauce on my ribs here which are getting pretty close to done so i'm in the in the final stages but yeah i I think to your (laughs) point you know it's pretty clear that uh you know mario cristobal uh by and large basically said hey look we we cannot risk injuring justin herbert right i mean i think that's probably you know the discussion that was had was like we can't run him we can't we can't get him hurt you know there's nothing behind him and i i think that there i do think that there is a big drop off behind Bo Nix to Ty Thompson. I think fans are finally really kind of waking up to that realization that there is. And, you know, again, this isn't the part where we beat up on Ty Thompson. I'm not I'm not here to do that, and I'm not saying he's, uh, you know, done and, and it'll never amount to anything. I'm simply saying Bo Nix is playing terrific football. He's clearly the guy, but it, it's it certainly seems as though Dan Lanning, uh, Kenny Dillingham, you know, and the crew is not afraid to run him. I think they're pretty methodical with his runs. You know what I mean? They're not like Kyle Shanahan out there with Trey Lance and just 
you know, treating him like a fullback and running into the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, so I do appreciate that element, but I do like that they let him run. It definitely adds an element to the offense. And, you know, I mean, Bo Nix is just having really honestly a, a heck of a year. And I think it gets uh, I think it gets really overshadowed by Caleb Williams and some of the others who are also having good years. But uh, if you look at Bo Nix's body of work, it's it's pretty darn elite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Um, so we, we could turn this into the Bo Nix Palooza, but I know we're on a tight window tonight with the short pods that we've been doing this year, trying to fit time between uh, me coming home from a job that's on the other side of town, about five miles away, and, uh, and then you coming home, getting ready for all the stuff you do as a dad. It's obviously, you know, number one priority in life beyond the day job. Um, so instead of turning this into the Bo Nix show for an hour, let's hit on some of the highlights. Oregon 45, Stanford 27. I was really impressed by Bo. I got to mention how much I love what Chase Coda did on Saturday night. That screen catch and run where he turned on the Jets, I, it reminded me of what he did in high school at South Medford, and it got me really excited because I feel like if he can do that at the high school level and he can do that at the Pac-12 D1 level, could he do it in the NFL level? Are, are, are the Ducks looking at a first-round wideout next April? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't feel that way about Coda. I think, uh, you know, I, I love that he's finding success at Oregon. I love that he's comfortable. It just seems like, you know, it seems like everything lined up perfect for him, right? Just the... Uh, the chance to come back home and play that final season at Oregon, which really is where he should have been all along. I don't, I don't fault him for, for choosing UCLA at the time, but I mean, that kid was, was born to be a duck. It feels like, and he's, and he's here now. Uh, and I think that in addition to that, he's here now in an offense that throws the football. He's here now with a quarterback that can get him the football. And I mean, let's be honest, had he come last year, uh, he probably would have been frustrated, right? I mean, he probably would have been frustrated at the amount they throw the ball, you know, who's getting the ball, uh, maybe even some of the passes that come out. Obviously, Anthony Brown was, was uh, you know, we'll just call him inaccurate at times. So, I mean, it just really aligned well for him to come and show up to Oregon. You've got a brand-new head coach, brand-new offensive coordinator, uh, brand-new quarterback that obviously transferred in, and all those things are lining up. He's not even Oregon's best receiver. Troy Franklin clearly deserves that honor, in my opinion. But that's not to take anything away from Chase Cota. I absolutely love the story. I know you love the story as well. Uh, I'm really good friends with his dad, with his uncle, uh, Chad and Jared, other family members. My son plays uh, soccer with his little cousin, Cash. So I know the family really well. And I just I know that, you know, from talking to them, it means a lot him being here and having the successes that he's, that he's having. And, and obviously that touchdown this past weekend, it's just, it's kind of what makes sports great when you kind of know those stories. Yeah. And, and here's the story. This is just a little fun, little tangent. I'm looking at the box score right now from Saturday ducks beat the Cardinal, the leading receivers for both teams. You have Medford's chase Coda from South Medford high and Lake Oswego's Casey Filkins leading receivers for both teams are both Oregon high school football players. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe it meant, meant more to both of them, you know, Philkins, of course, uh, you know, wouldn't have probably had that role had uh, the injury to Smith Jr. not happened. Obviously, he got thrust into a bigger role for this game and 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 made the most of it. And and I'm sure, you know, and there's a lot too. And there's a lot of, you know, having a family in the stands and that being a big motivator. Um, you know, for a guy like Philkins, you play down at Stanford, but you get to come play at home. And you know, your your Portland area family can make the drive down. Uh, you know, an hour, or an hour, and 15 minutes or whatever, and, and enjoy the game. Um, that's a big motivator. So uh, pretty wild. Yeah, it's really wild. It's it's really wild. Just the number of, of what's wild to me is that Oregon does not, the state, the state of Oregon, not the school, does not produce a lot of recruiting talent year in and year out. Right. I mean, it just doesn't. Not, you know, at, not at that level. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's somewhere between two and four. I'm going to guess the average is around two or three per year that that end up on, uh, you know, say a Pac-12 level team, uh, you know, a lot go to the Mountain West and, and that's OK, too. But if you think about it, though, there's some really good players, you know, Hufunga is obviously having uh, a really good NFL career right now. Uh, you know, it's nice to see Chase Coda out there. Alex Forsyth is another guy on the offensive line for Oregon um, having a, a good season. It's just, it's just, again, it's another thing that makes sports great. Just kind of seeing that storyline develop uh, and those guys find success because, you know, by and large, we talk about Texas and California as these, you know, big recruiting, recruit producing states. And they are, uh, it's nice to see what I'll just quote unquote, the little guys, you know, get their love too. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you wholeheartedly there. I, I just love it being a, a native Oregonian being somebody that I've, I've been in this state as long as I have, and I have a love for this state, having having traveled all around it, little towns, uh, you know, on on both sides of the mountains and both sides of the borders, uh, as many Friday nights and Saturdays as I have in my life and my careers, um, I, I just love that you have kids that they grow up. Like I remember, um, we we had, um. Uh, gosh, Brady Breeze almost drew a blank. We had Brady Breeze on the pod a couple years back. Brady Breeze grows up in Southern Oregon, goes to the Portland area for high school ball because he gets a chance to play for one of the best high school teams in the state, Central Catholic, and then goes to Oregon, plays at Oregon, plays well at Oregon, helps the Ducks win the friggin' Rose Bowl. And he's going to remember that for the rest of his life. Like, I just love that you have stories of kids that they dream of playing at that Pac-12 level. And it's not a lot of them that get to live that dream, but it is some of them. That's really neat to me. Yeah. No, I mean, and those are, you know, stories they can pass on and, you know, tell their kids or, or whatnot. And, 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 you know, honestly, the best part is when those guys come back and, and you know, maybe run a camp or something like that and, and give you know, the kids that play in the state of Oregon hope like, Hey, look, I, you know, I was able to do it. You know, you can do obviously takes hard work and everything, but um, no, those make for some awesome stories for sure. Yeah. Talk about hard work, Oregon 31 to three at halftime. I felt like that was the most complete performance we'd seen so far this year. How did you feel 31 to three at the half? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's nice to kind of, um, you know, kind of shake the demons a little bit because, you know, uh, historically, at least in the last decade, Stanford's been a huge thorn in the side for Oregon. 
Um, it's nice to see Lanning able to go to Pullman and win and then, you know, play Stanford and win. Those are two games that, you know, again, have his historically given Oregon fits in the past. Um, this Arizona game in Tucson, uh, again, you know, you look at it on paper and Oregon should destroy them. It shouldn't even be a contest. Um, but, I mean, the Ducks late at night in Tucson in the desert has once again always kind of had this mystique about it. But, um, yeah, top to bottom, I mean, that was a great win. Uh, it was a great offensive attack. You know, great to see that it, you know, the Ducks were able to kind of impose their will on them and just, you know, push the ball around wherever they wanted to, run it when they wanted to, pass it when they wanted to. Um, the defense, you know, it still needs some work, but it was good to see them get after it, getting after the quarterback, um, able to generate a pass rush, uh, just kind of doing all the things really well. Obviously, was able to stymie the rushing attack for the most part. So, you know, again, I know a lot of folks like to, you know, nitpick about things because that's what fans do. They analyze and 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 go over everything. That was a, I mean, that was a convincing win, top to bottom. I re- I realized what the what the final score was, but you know, once again, if you're uh, David Shaw, you know, and you're in Dan Lanning's position, if you're David Shaw, you'd do the same thing. You'd get your young guys out there. Uh, in the fourth quarter when the game's out of hand, get them those reps that are super valuable, get them that experience, get your starters, uh, your star players, your best players off the field and avoid risking injury. Um, and even if Stanford ends up scoring, you know, 10 extra points on you, uh, the game's, you know, the game's out of hand. So uh, really almost a, a nearly perfect scenario for Oregon who did what they needed to do. And that was, you know, basically have a very strong, convincing win over Stanford. Yeah. Yeah, Ducks win, and then in the second half, you know, Ty Thompson comes in. If you look at the box score, Stanford outscores Oregon in the second half, but I still feel pretty comfortable about that game. It's not like the BYU game where you wonder and you wonder, and at the end it gets a little dicey. Um, Was this the most complete Oregon win this season? Uh... Yeah, I suppose. I don't know that. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to discount the Eastern Washington win because right. I mean it's Eastern not, Washington. Not counting that um, one. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not I mean, counting yeah, you, the you, Eastern game. You discount that. Uh, I think Oregon handled BYU really well. Uh, once again, you know, what does that mean? I, I do think in that particular game, Landing made a small mistake and got, you know, Ty Thompson out there a little too early. Clearly, he saw that and made the changes as well, but it was still a convincing win. Um, you know, the Washington state was just really a gritty comeback win that, you know, was, was fun to watch, but it wasn't a complete, you know, win. Like you said, I, I do think, yes, to answer your question, I do, I do, as I've talked myself through it, I think Stanford was the most convincing win, the most complete win, uh, for Dan Lanning so far. Uh, and that's a really good thing. The reason that's a really good thing, because next up you have Arizona that you should beat. You should beat Arizona without, I, I mean, I know it's Tucson, I get it, uh, but you should beat Arizona, and then you've got to buy. i got to be honest, that's probably one of the best time buys you're ever going to get on your schedule. Not too early, not too late. Uh, you know, the Ducks will come back from the buy. I know they've got a tough UCLA game in there, and then they've got a you know another easier Colorado-type game. I believe it's Colorado. Uh, but then it gets right into that meat and potatoes. So that gives you a chance if you're Dan Lanning to get your guys healthy 
you know, really and over the next three or four weeks, kind of getting those guys ready. You're going to have a tough game against UCLA, but you should beat Arizona and Colorado without much problem. And you, that bye week is going to be absolutely pivotal as well. Yeah. Um, I, I say this. I know some people don't like it when we, we kind of go behind the scenes here. I'm at 19 minutes. I know you had a limit. Can I ask you a couple more questions? Yep. Okay. So a, a bit of a soft part of the schedule, as you alluded to. Arizona, then Colorado coming up on the horizon. Do we see Ty Thompson play more? I mean, so I think there's a fine line there, right? I think if you're Dan Lanning and Kenny Dillingham and you're having discussions behind closed doors, there's a fine line. You want to get him reps. You want to get him out there, get him used to the speed of the game and doing these things. But on some level, you're really going to have to monitor that confidence level as well. You're really going to have to be uh, aware of, okay, are we putting too much on him or the performances that he's giving, which let's be real, none of them have been great so far. Are they doing more harm than good or are the reps good, you know, for his long-term development? Um, so that's something really that has to be managed very carefully. And, and we know that, you know, for the most part, quarterbacks, um, you know, are not the strongest minded position on the field. You know, those guys really just like a pitcher in baseball, you know, confidence is a big thing. And and when you're in your own head, uh, it can get dangerous. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, on paper, yeah, Oregon should get down to Tucson. They should be able to handle this game in three quarters and you should be able to get Ty Thompson out there in the fourth quarter. But once again, um, I think that comes with some heavy management because you've really got to decide, I, I don't. I guess you just really have to decide if he's ready because so far it's been a very mixed bag. And I, I, yeah, I mean, if we're being fair, it hasn't been great so far. So, um, yeah, t- tough question, but I, I guess that's what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can imagine because I know you know our job covering recruiting, talking about recruiting. Um, we, we've hyped him up a lot over the last two years, and I think there's still time for him to live up to that hype. But we haven't seen him live up to it this year. Yeah, no, it's been it's been tough. Um, you know, I, I it's and in it's abundantly clear that that is a common sentiment because you know even as much as like two weeks ago there was still the Ty Thompson naysayers out there. You know, play Ty and he's working. You know, and uh, you're not seeing that much anymore. No. So <laughs> it's it's you know it's pretty clear that this is Bo's team and Oregon's best chances of winning are with Bo Nix. Um, so now really ultimately the key is just making sure that you're developing Ty Thompson along the way. Yeah. I mean, I can test that myself of, I was in the play Ty Thompson as much as you can this year. We know who Bo Nix is. The SEC knows who Bo Nix is. You're not winning a national championship with Bo Nix. You're not winning the PAC 12 with Bo Nix. And suddenly my words are a lot weaker and more muffled after that throw to Bucky Irving in the fourth quarter at Wazoo and the 80-yard touchdown and everything in between uh, against Stanford. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look at it this way. Is it is it good to be wrong? Not really. But I, I am wrong about Bo Nix and about Ty Thompson, and it's to the benefit of the Oregon Ducks because I think right now this team is a potential Pac-12 championship team. It, it certainly is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a balanced team um, need to get a little better on defense, but it's not like, 
you know, it's not like the offense is completely carrying the wins, right? I mean, it's 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 definitely a combined effort. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that can compete in the Pac-12. And but on that note, this is a really good Pac-12 this year. I I, I it's tough to say really good, but it's a pretty good Pac-12 this year. So uh, I mean, your work's cut out for you if you're Oregon and Dan Lanning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, so we're at that limit. Uh, you said you said no more than twenty five. So we'll uh, we'll we'll focus on the next pod. Um, can we still do a second pod this week? Yep, it's only yep. We're okay. gonna we're gonna bang one out tomorrow. Okay, all right. I'll tell my wife that that way we'll uh, we'll play in our Star Wars binge around that. Got to get the next episode of Andor after we tape that podcast. Uh, anything you want to say to the loyal listeners before we call it a night? Uh, nope. Nope, just to appreciate the listening, the support, and I know we both appreciate the comments, so keep those coming, yeah. and we'll keep you know, fine-tuning these and trying to make them uh, what you want to hear every week. Yeah, what I always say on the site, you know, I, I reply to a lot of that stuff, feedback is good, criticism is good, it's a good thing, we like it, it helps us grow. He's Justin Hopkins, I'm Matt Bagley, uh, we just spent about 25 minutes talking about the Oregon-Stanford game and a few other things next pod taping that one tomorrow sending it out to the world probably thursday morning we are going to talk about the oregon game coming up against arizona we're going to preview that game share our locks share our five games of the weekend and a whole lot more so stay tuned for that scoop duck and hi-fi thanks for listening and go ducks